Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. Excited? All right, three of you. We're good. Three of you are excited. That's all we need. That's all we need. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here today. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, for those of you who are new, my name is Andrew. I'm the pastor here at the plant in West Milford. It's so good to have you joining us. I see uh, so, several new faces here this morning. It's just so great to have you with us. Um, we are, take time every year as a church to uh, focus on uh, missions and what that means. So uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, this is our Mission Sunday this year. We're part of a denomination called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. So uh, it doesn't take a genius to know that we're probably going to talk about missions a little bit. Uh, but uh, that's who we are as a church, and, and what we're going to talk about today is this theme of all of Jesus for all the world. Uh, now, normally when we do these Mission Sundays, generally we talk about global missions, uh, but what I want to do this morning, since we are a new church family here in West Milford, um, and really what they talked about, planting churches, that's really what we're doing here in West Milford, is planting a new church. Uh, we're going to take a little time to talk about mission, both locally and globally today. And, and we're going to spend a little extra time on, on the local mission today um, because of something our founder, A.B. Simpson, once said was that the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. Isn't that an interesting idea? If the light of Jesus is shining really, really brightly here in West Milford, you're going to be able to see it from the other side of the globe. And so uh, the more anchored we are in our mission locally, the more effective we're going to be in our mission globally. And maybe your head's already spinning because you're going, what mission? What am I even doing here? I came just to check it out. I don't know what's going on. That's great. You're exactly where you need to be. Has anyone ever been in, in church uh, and they've just heard that word mission kind of thrown around and you're like, you kind of think you know what it is, but maybe you're, like, you're not sure. And some of you are like, maybe this is your first time hearing that the church has a mission. That might be, that might be. a lot of churches, uh, you can go to church and never know that church, uh, the, the biblical church is supposed to have a mission. Followers of Jesus everywhere around the globe are called uh, to the same mission and same purpose here on earth. Did you know that? Some of you did. Some of this is news for you. It's okay if you're learning this for the first time. Um, but I want to just, before we jump into talking about this, I want to think about that question for a minute. What if, they said on, the, on that video, what if, what if, what if, I'll throw in some of my own questions, what if the light that shines the farthest was burning brightly here at home? What if uh, your own passion and, and, and being on mission for Jesus was shining so brightly, people you've never even met were affected by your life and following Jesus? What if you leveraged everything that you have in your resources, your time, your money, your possessions, your networks, your relationships, what if you leveraged everything you had for God's kingdom? What if 
you were able to see people and see families and see uh, systems and organizations in our community that have been hopeless and places of darkness and places of despair and disappointment and brokenness for so long. What if you were able to see the light of Jesus change and transform those things? What if? What if? I know I'm a recovering cynic too. Some of you are like, okay, all right. Maybe that'll happen for some people, but I'm not going to see that happen. Oh, man. Oh, man. You're going to see that happen. Here's why you're going to see that happen. What I want to do today is I want to talk to you about why, uh, uh, why you should be thinking about this question, what if. I, I want to talk to you about why uh, you are a part of answering that what if question. Why you, if you're seated here, if you're following Jesus, you are part of this mission, and this is your mission too. Uh, So what we're going to do is talk about this idea of all of Jesus for all the world through this local and global uh, lens. But what I want to do first is I just want to give you guys a brief kind of sketch through the biblical story so you can know what this mission is all about, all right? Just so you can know, okay, why, what is this mission? What are we doing here? And then it's going to get really, really practical. This is going to be a little bit different of a morning. We've got some really practical things. I'm going to be having a couple people join me uh, up here in, in a few minutes to, to share uh, from their perspective as well. So uh, if you're ready, fasten your seatbelts. Here we go. For, for all of my uh, friends who love to follow along in their Bible, we're going to look at four passages of Scripture very quickly. Don't worry. Not long. And, and, and we're just going to kind of sketch this theme in the Bible uh, of mission, what the whole purpose is. So we're going to look at Genesis 11. I'm going to look at a few verses there. We're going to look at a few verses in Psalm 2. We're going to look at a, a couple of verses in Matthew 28 and also a couple of verses in Revelation chapter 7. So if you like to follow along, there you go. We're, we're going to just dive right in here. So I, I, whenever I... Uh, am, am told I need to do something, or if I'm told uh, that this is good for me, or this is uh, what's normal, right? Whether it's an exercise program, or uh, a new eating thing that is good for me, or if it's something to do with my finances uh, and investments and things like that, I don't want to just be told, go do it. I, for, I, is anyone else like this? I don't know, like, well, why? Like, what are you trying to do to me? If I'm going to get on that, that exercise bike, I need to know why this is actually working or why this is important. So this is, it's important to me that whenever we say, hey, come on mission with us, that you know why this is important. So that's what these four passages are going to do very quickly. So let's start in Genesis 11. Genesis 11 is basically the why in its simplest form. In a nutshell, here's one of the problems with the world. You know what this story is? There's a story of the Tower of Babel. Anyone know that story? Big tower gets built. They're building it up to heaven. And the story goes like this. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar, just in case you were wondering. 
Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. That word sky there, better translation is heaven. They're trying to get to heaven on their own terms. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down and uh, down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Okay, just really quickly before we move on to Psalm 2, what's happening here? It kind of sounds, when you read it, like God's being a bit of a bully. They wanted to build a nice architectural structure, and God ruined all their fun. Until you back up, and before this, find out that God, when he created people, said, here's what you're supposed to do. Scatter out across the whole earth, subdue the earth. You got to cultivate it, make it this beautiful garden, just like Eden. That's your job. And so they all said, let's all gather in the same place and be really famous. Not exactly what God said. And when God says, hey, if they do this, they all speak the same language, they're all on the same page. I've made this incredible creature called human beings. If they do this, nothing will be impossible for them. And what he's saying there is, I don't want them to succeed. What he's saying is, they're gonna start doing things that they think are a good idea that are really bad. Anyone a fan of the original Jurassic Park? You know what I'm talking about, right? What am I talking about? You know. They spent so much time asking if they could. They didn't ask if they should when they were creating the dino- recreating these dinosaurs. Anyway, no? Okay, I've got like three people that are into that quote. That's all right. But the whole point is they recreated these dinosaurs because they're like, I think we can do this. How many things do human beings do nowadays that we go like, we could create this, and then we find out later that was a really bad idea. That's what God's talking about here. That's what the the scripture's saying. Like, if they do this, nothing they do will be impossible, i.e., they're going to destroy themselves. God needs to put a stop to this. And so he scatters them. Different languages, they're confused. Babel literally means confusion. And they're scattered. And we don't have time to go into into it, but there's other passages in the Old Testament that are reflecting on this story and thinking about this story And they're recognizing how rebellious the people were and how now now this one people, all speaking the same language, all the same family, had to be scattered and shattered because of their rebellion against God. And so now God's people are not gathered. They are scattered, but not in a good way. They have been shattered. People are scattered far from God, broken, Division between them, it's a whole mess. So when people say, well, the problem with the world is sin, see Adam and Eve, there's actually another part of the problem is there's sin, and now we're all scattered from each other. And this is one of the core issues that the Bible is addressing. Let's go to Psalm 2, because it picks up on this idea of the nations, people groups scattered all over the world. And it says, why are the nations so angry? 
Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord. They're still fighting God. And against his anointed one. It's another term for for the Messiah, which would be known as the Christ. The psalm continues a little later. It says, says, let the nations, the kings, they say, let us break their chains, they cry. Free ourselves from slavery to God. They want to do things their own way. Let's figure out how to do this on our own. It goes on later in verse 6. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. This is God. He's saying, the Lord says to my Lord, this is God speaking, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. So the, the Hebrew people were, were reflecting on this issue of the scattering of all the people of the world, totally messed up. Now in that time, God says, hey, I'm going to start a new nation with this guy Abraham and his family. A totally new nation that's never existed before. And you know what he says about uh, Abraham? You know what he says to Abraham after he just shattered all the people of the world? He says, Abraham, I'm going to use you, your family, your nation, and you're going to bless all these people that just got separated from me and got put far from me. So God has the intention to bring back all these people that are blessing him. Psalm 2, they're still rebelling against God. They're still fighting and warring against God. But God has a plan. He says to his anointed one, just ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth is your possession. All these people that have been scattered, you get to bring them back together. God says to his anointed one. And the idea is who that anointed one might be. Matthew 28. Look at this. Picking up on this same idea. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Everything we just talked about. All the people of the world scattered, far from God. Jesus says, I've been given that authority over every people on earth. Therefore, go Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is the moment we're in right now. We're continuing what God said here. This passage is known as the Great Commission. God creates and sets up a new mission. The original mission was go make the whole earth this beautiful place to be in. And now part of that is go out to every corner of the world and gather all of my scattered people back to me. God wants his family back. And now is the time. Jesus is the one, the only one with authority to bring his whole family back together. And he's doing it here. And then look at this. I love where this goes. Revelation chapter 7. This is the end. This is supposed to be the moment at the conclusion of history. John seeing this vision, the end of time, and he says, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and 
from the Lamb. How does that hit you? Just those those four passages of Scripture that we just read, when you put them all together like that, how does that hit you? Go ahead. You can interact with me a little. It's okay. Powerful. What else? How does that hit you? What else? How does it hit you? Hopeful. Hope. Yeah. The story's still being written, right? We're not at the end yet. What else? Anything else hit you? There's an urgency to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I love this right here. Someone say something? very relevant to the moment we're in. There's nations fighting against nations, and there's only one person who can bring the family back together. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus. I, I find myself, whenever I share these scriptures, whenever I think through these scriptures and other ones, we just sketched just a few of them. You can find tons of these littered through the Old Testament going through the new, this is this narrative of, of restoring all of the captives, uh, restoring all the scattered people of the world, bringing God's family back together. This is like littered through the Bible. And it's all to do one thing. It's to draw you into the story you were always meant to live. This story is the story you were created to be a part of. This, if you've said, I'm following Jesus, if you said yes, if you had, like went through these scriptures and, and, and something resonated in you, this is your story. It's the story, but there's always an invitation on whether you're gonna choose into the story and make it your story. But this is your story. You and I were called not just to be gathered, because every single one of us was gathered from a place far off from God, But you and I were not just called to be gathered back to God, to be close to God, but then to go. To go and bring the family back together. And that's what mission is. That's mission. To make disciples of all nations means go get my family back. God says to Jesus, you have authority. All the nations, gather my family back. Jesus says, hey, disciples, go gather the family back. It's a lot of times the family language is invoked a lot in the New Testament, even to the extent of Jesus being called and referred to as our elder brother. He's big brother in some senses. Hey, little brothers and sisters, Dad said, get the family back together. Go get the family back together. You have my authority to go and do that. You have my permission. You have my enabling, empowering spirit to go do it. That's mission. It's huge, right? It's huge. It's huge, and it affects everything we do. This means that your neighbor down the street who doesn't know Jesus and is far from God, that's your long-lost sibling, right? 
This means that the person across the globe, different background, different culture, maybe even hostile to you or to the West, that's your long-lost sibling. That person in the cubicle next to you at work, that's your long-lost sibling. All of these folks that you see in ShopRite, that you drive by on the road, that you honk your horn at, are long-lost siblings. How does it change the way you look at people? Maybe you hate your siblings and it's like, I want to honk my horn even more now. Uh, But you get what I'm saying. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? We're invited into a story to make it our story, to make it our narrative for life, and then we're invited to go out and gather the family back together. Every nation, every ethnicity, every tribe, every culture, every people group, language. And we don't do this through uh, force. We don't do this through coercion. We don't do this through violence. We don't do this uh, through colonization. We don't do it through deception or legislation. We do this through bringing the love and hope of Jesus to every place we go, whether it's here locally in West Milford or globally around the world. We make disciples. We bring people back to the Father and to the family. So let's talk about that. Mission, locally and globally. What does it look like to bring the family back together locally here in West Milford and the surrounding communities that you're from? And what does it look like to bring the family back together globally? We're going to get really, really practical today. Got a few things for you. First, let's talk local. When we are on mission locally, what it can look like to bring the family back together could be a number of things, but basically we want to live faithfully in everyday life, living out the good news of Jesus and everything he's done through his life, his death, his resurrection. That's why we say all of Jesus for all the world. In our denomination, we, we use the, the, the term to describe the gospel that Jesus is our savior, that he saved us and rescued us from our sin, our brokenness. We say that he is our sanctifier, that he is making us holy like him. He's making us like him. Uh, we say that he is our healer, uh, that, that uh, sickness and disease and all these things, those are effects of sin and the sinful nature. And Jesus wants to heal those things and he wants us to pray for healing. Pray for people to be delivered. All of those things are not supposed to be the norm. And finally, we say that Jesus is our coming king. Jesus is our coming king. That one day Jesus is going to return. He's going to right every wrong. He's going to wipe every tear from every, uh, every eye. And he is going to bring a new heaven and a new earth. And when that new heaven gets described, or that new earth, excuse me, gets described in the book of Revelation at the end, it describes it as having no sea, no ocean. And you're like, okay, so it's just a giant landmass? No, that's not. it's a poetic way that they would use to say there's no chaos. They, didn't, they weren't a seafaring people, the Hebrew people. So they would say, if there's no ocean, good. This is a good thing. Uh, anyone get, I get terribly seasick, so I'm like, that sounds good to me. But it was their metaphor for chaos, unpredictability, those random variables that happen in life where you just don't know what's going to happen. Gone in the new earth. And that's what Jesus is going to bring as our coming king. 
And so this is the hope that we are living out, that Jesus is our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, Coming King. We are living that reality out here locally in West Milford, faithfully sharing this with the people that we come in contact with, with the relationships we have built. We are on mission in that way. Man, West Milford needs this kind of hope. We have a serious, serious substance abuse problem in West Milford. It is a mess. It is a mess. I'm, in, I'm on a, a town uh, committee that works doing uh, drug education and prevention in the community. It's bad. The need is huge. There's generational patterns where grandparents hand it down to parents, hand it down to their children. Generation after generation enforcing this and celebrating being in bondage and messed up on all sorts of addictions, the overdoses, everything. Kind of going hand in hand with that on some level, but also kind of its own thing is the mental health crisis. I have a friend on the school board here in West Milford. She said, you know, before the pandemic, every meeting opens up, budget, 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 bottom line, how do we pinch another penny? How do we get another buck? How do we save a buck? What can we do? And she said, ever since the pandemic, Every meeting opens with mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. Crisis among the teachers, crisis among the staff, crisis with the parents or the children, crisis among the administration. Uh, the, the need is overwhelming our town and our, our town leadership. What a place for the hope of Jesus to come in. What a place for the hope of Jesus, yeah? Really? This is why this is the kind of stuff we're here for, real life stuff, guys, that Jesus has solutions and answers for. Do you know one of my favorite things, especially speaking to the generational pattern that this just keeps going on and on, one of my favorite truths of the gospel is that when you come into the family of Jesus, you leave your family of origin. Maybe not literally, you might still have relationships, right? But it says, this is biblical, your bloodline's not your family DNA bloodline anymore. It's the bloodline of Jesus Christ. How many people do you know in this community? How many of you need that truth of the gospel? That you get to walk out of your family of origins, old sin patterns, destructive ways of living, and you get to take on the new family life of Jesus. We need that in this community. We need that more than ever. So how are we gonna be a part of this? How do we be on mission to do these things and in the process bring people the light and hope of Jesus? Uh, just a couple things I'll share very quickly, and then I'm going to invite uh, Shane and Ryan to, to come up to talk a little more about this part. Um, first thing, first and foremost, if we are going to meet these needs, if we are going to be on mission here, we have to be here. We have to be present in the community. That means physically, we have to be people who uh, spend time in the community. Uh, we're, we're trying to sort out uh, daycares for our, our daughter right now. And one of the things that we realized this last week that's super important is that she needs to be in a daycare uh, in the West Milford community where we can meet other families from West Milford. How else are we going to meet the needs of people in West Milford if we're not present to the people of West Milford? That's one thing, but as a, that individually, you have ideas coming to mind right now. Uh, where are the places that you need to be a regular at to be present, to meet the needs of people in this community? Beyond that is a, a bigger picture. Us as a church, we need to be, uh, have a sustainable presence here in the community. People drive by Union Valley Road constantly. It's a high traffic road. 
which is awesome. People see that we have a, a church here, uh, but we need to continue to have a church here. So there's financial sustainability things that we need to, we need to be able to do, right? We need to be able to keep our presence here and not just keep the lights on, but uh, how many of you came to our Christmas by the fire, right? We touched 80 people through that event. 80 people, some of them from the community. How many of you had a blast at that? Those tacos were amazing. I'm still thinking about them. They were incredible. But we also had neighbors from the neighborhood all back here come out. First time they'd ever come. First time they'd ever come anywhere near this property. And, and just conversation, they have the bus, the bus pulls in here every week, every day. I get to talk to a parent once in a while, just get a hint of what's going on in their lives. Just like so many other people, we're crazy overwhelmed with things going on in the world right now. Man, how much people need Jesus that are right here in our own neighborhood. But we need to have a sustainable presence here. We need to be, be able to, uh, we're gonna be, this will be coming out uh, soon. We're gonna have a huge Easter egg hunt for the community come Easter. Uh, Easter morning, we're gonna have it. We're gonna have food and breakfast and coffee before the service, inviting families from the community. We need to be a place that is open and present to be able to meet the needs of people in our community, amen? So those are some of the things, like to be able to be here, to be present, to be sustainable uh, financially, but then beyond just kind of sustaining level, um, there's some really cool uh, opportunities just in the use of our facility here uh, that I want to share with you real quick that could be amazing for mission. Um, Do you guys mind advancing my slides? This thing's giving me a little bit of of trouble. Um, But we have some cool facility opportunities here. Um, One being, how many of you are aware we have a half-court basketball gym on the back of the building? Like, people are like, what? Every time I tell someone, they're like, there is? This building's deceptively large. We have a half-court basketball gym in the back that we cannot use because of mold issues. When we took over this this building a few years ago, um, that was one of the areas we kind of had to block off. For, for, for the time being. Now, I go out to my car. Ryan knows this because I bug him all the time about how can we get this gym up and running. Uh, I go out to my car, leaving my office one day. A bunch of the middle school boys, they play basketball out here every day just from the neighborhood. They heard we had a gym. Middle of the winter. It's too cold to play outside. We heard you guys have a gym. And I'm like, we do, technically, but I'd probably get sued if I let you use it because of the mold issue. Um, but, but here's my point. We have amazing facilities that if, if that uh, was renovated and cared for, I've had multiple requests from the town. They need a space for after-school programs. They need a spa- space for more rec, uh, recreation I- events for the community, independent organizations that just need a place to practice indoors. How amazing would it be? What if we were able to just open up our doors to all sorts of community groups and serve the community? There's huge possibilities for opening warming shelters in the winter for the homeless population. It's literally limitless. What if? Huge facility opportunities. Another one, just going back to the mental health need. Um, I'm in conversation right now, very early stages with a, uh, a group that, that runs several mental health clinics, and they're, they're almost like urgent care for mental health. And you come in anytime, you see them, no appointment, and they get you connected with long-term care somewhere. They want to open a satellite office in West Milford. Tons of experience, conversations with some of the other uh, organizations and, and the town. Uh, hey, would the plant be a possibility to, to have office space there? 
for this kind of group to, to serve the community? What if we could help them? Isn't that amazing? We could be present in some really amazing ways. We have some incredible opportunities. But finally, this is what this all leads to, is leading people to Jesus. This, this is really it. If we're going to be on mission here, we, we can be present, we can be uh, financially sustainable and have a financial presence here, or a, a sustainable presence here long term. Uh, we can make the facility beautiful and have all of these things, but we're not just here for that. We want people to really have their lives changed, right? People need their lives changed. There's, there's people that are desperate for something. Just They need something. They don't know what it is. People are saying, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. And they're hungry for Jesus, and they don't even know it. What an opportunity. What an opportunity we have. So before we hit the, the global side of things, I, I want to invite uh, Ryan and Shane, if you guys could come up real quick. Give these guys a hand. <laughs> Heard en enough of me talking, but guys, come on, stand over here. Um, just to introduce these guys. So Shane uh, attends our Mawa campus. He's one of the elders on our board. Uh, Ryan, you guys know Ryan. He's, he, he's here in West Milford, but he's also on the board as an elder and as a treasurer. Uh, and and I, I wanted to bring you guys up as we're talking about this because really, here, here's the disadvantage we had as a church. We, we opened three weeks before the pandemic started. So having these kinds of like big vision mission conversations have just started to happen in the last six months. So I'm excited that we're finally having, having them. Uh, so to move this forward, guys, before we get into anything else here, and I know you guys have some things on your heart, just with everything we've just talked about here, what's stirring in you? What excites you? Ryan? I mean, uh, they didn't yeah. know I was going to ask them this. I, I mean, the facility opportunities has something been something in my heart for a long time now. Um, and Trudy, Andrew, myself, and I have been really working on, you know, what are the needs for the facility? What what can we do? Um, you know, from the small projects to the big projects, like fixing the gym, and and that's been really placed in my heart lately. Is you know what we could do with the, the facilities that we have here? Yeah, extremely exciting, I, and. I, if I could maybe share, I wanted to share a little bit about Mawa, mm -hmm. but maybe I'll save that, or do you want to do that? Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, yeah if you want to save that well, for a minute. Yeah, but just everything that Pastor Andy said about, um, you know, Kingdom Now is the one piece I'll share about our, our, our vision for, for Mawa, and that was all about, you know, why wait? You know, we want the kingdom of God to be present right now, and agree with everything Pastor Andrew said about this facility and the opportunity. It's so exciting to see. Um, what is possible here, and it takes all of us to do that, and that's what I'll share about in a little bit. Yeah. So, Ryan, I talked a little bit about just the uh, financial sustainability piece. Um, what does that mean? Because some of you are numbers people, and you're like, okay, that sounds nice, but like, you, you want data. So Ryan's a data guy. Yeah. This is literally what he does for a living, so I'm going to let him share because he's way better at this than I am. Yeah, so, yeah, before... Um you know, Shane's going to give an amazing testimony of the, the journey that Mawa has been on, the faith-filled filled journey that Mawa's been on for the last 12 years, and how they went from a new church to uh, being on missions globally and locally to planting the new church here in, in West Milford. Uh, so we just wanted to define, really, what it means to be a self-sustaining church, and that goes beyond just, you know, keeping the lights on, like Andrew said, and building costs. So... 
John, mind, mind uh, putting a slide up there on the budget? So this is, you know, when we have campus expenses up here, like I said, this is more than just keeping the lights on. Uh, some of this budget is going towards missions locally. Um, some of it's for our kids. Some of it's for community life. Um, but we estimate that, you know, 162K is our, our need here. It's our goal. Um, and currently, we have giving of, in the past 12 months, of 65, 66K over 22 continuing giving units. Uh, so we do have a need of around 96K um, for, to meet that self-sustaining goal. And, you know, I, I don't know what it was like 12 years ago, but I'm sure the budget was very similar uh, when MAWA was first started. But the one thing we know is that God is faithful. God does provide. And God has been showing us that for the last 12 years in MAWA. And we know he called us here for a reason. We feel it. We see it in our vision. The board was here, uh, what, two weeks ago? Sunday night. Sunday night, just praying throughout the building. And that is what we all came to. We, we knew God was calling us here for a reason. Um, and I'm going to leave it to Shane to give that powerful testimony of what he's done at MAWA. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Well, good morning, everyone. Okay. Again, my name is Shane. For those of you who don't know me, I've been with the plant, um, part of this family for about 12 years now. Uh, my wife and, and kids are, they were going to be here today, but they had, this was their week to serve in the, the kids' ministry at Mawa, so they're not with me today. Uh, but been part of this family for about 12 years. It's been amazing. I've uh, been on the leadership team for about the last three years. Um, you, when I think about missions and when I think about vision, um, I think one of the core ingredients to that um, and an enabler is stewardship. And for, for me, the, the simple definition of stewardship is just what do we do with the gifts God has given us, with the time that we have here on earth, and with our finances. It, it really comes down to those, those three things. And two principles that I've seen at work within my life related to stewardship is, is the, the premise of stewardship, and then there's, there's a promise of stewardship. And the, the premise of, of stewardship is that we all have um, just limited time on this earth and limited time um, to, to be able to do it. I'm just going to grab my notes so I don't miss anything. So the, the premise is that we have limited time here and that everything is God's to begin with, right? The gifts that we have are from God. The time that we have on this earth is from God. And finances all essentially are from God. In Psalms, it says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So it all belongs to God to begin with. So that's the premise of stewardship. The promise of stewardship is that it comes with blessing. And there's, there's plenty of promises in Scripture that talk about how when we give of our time, of our finances, of, of our gifts. It blesses not only us, but others. And one particular verse that I love, and these are the words of Jesus. Um, here we go. <laughs> given it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what an illustrative picture that Jesus gives of what it is to give and the blessing that comes to you. And I've seen these principles at work in, in my life. Um, fr from a young age, um, when I was 12 years old, I got my first paper route. I don't know if anyone, everyone remembers what a paper route was. Jersey's like, what in the world is a, is a paper route? Um, but that was the first time I ever earned, earned money. And I remember the first time that I went out and, and collected, right? You had to go door to door and collect from each, each of your customers, and um, I brought home like $30, and that was like, 
you know, serious cash for like a 12-year-old. And it was at that point that my parents taught me the biblical principle of tithing. And I, I, from that point on, I set aside 10% um, of what I made and gave that to the Lord. And throughout my life, I've just seen God's continued blessing as I practiced that biblical principle. And it wasn't always easy. There were a lot of times where it was difficult to do that. Or I looked at other people and I said, hey, I bet they're not tithing. And they've got a nicer car than me. And I could have had that. Um, you know, those thoughts would, would creep into my, my mind. But um, to be faithful in doing that, I've seen God's hand of blessing in my life and a blessing to others as I've consistently been able to do that. Um, and I continue to, to give to the Lord, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare stop. You know, when I look back and I just see the faithfulness of God and the providence that he's had um, in my life all of these years, um, I would never dare to stop that. Um, as it relates to Kingdom Now in, in Mawa, I wanted to share briefly about that. Um, so it was about 12 years ago that, that we started at the plant. We were meeting in a school um, at the time. And we had looked at different properties. We were going to lease property to try to find a place that we could call our own. And things weren't working out. And about three years ago, an opportunity presented itself to actually purchase property in Mawa, a church, a church campus. And uh, we, we, we brought together a, a group of people, and we said, let's do this. And we came up with this kingdom now kind of principle of, you know, we want, God wants to establish his kingdom on earth now. And through a lot of prayer and, and meeting together just as a community, um, we raised the money to not only buy the building, but to renovate it. And we're looking to complete the second phase of renovation sometime later this year. So um, just an amazing demonstration of God's hand of providence on that campus. And as Pastor Andrew shared, that's what we want to see here. And we believe that will happen here where this campus can be, um, first of all, self-sustainable to meet the numbers that Ryan shared but far beyond that to do a lot more of many of the outreaches that, that Andrew shared. The, the opportunities truly are limitless. So we want to see that um, on this campus as well. So what, what I would encourage all of us with this morning is, is to think about your time, think about your gifts, and think about your financial resources. And, and here's the beautiful thing, is that God is not always that concerned about the quantity, right? Everyone has gifts, time, and financial resources. So start somewhere. If you think you don't have gifts, I guarantee you do. If you think you don't have enough time, I guarantee you have something. And if you think you don't have enough money, I guarantee there's a place to start. So I would encourage all of us to consider um, giving. And if you're not giving 10% now, make that a goal. That would be my frank challenge to all of us this morning. Make that a goal and start somewhere. And there's another little nugget in scripture that, that talks about giving of the first fruits. And that, that's important because a lot of Times what I've seen people do is they say, well, maybe this month I'll just spend a little less and then whatever's left over, you know, then, then I'll be able to give. That doesn't really work out that, that well. So the biblical principle of the first fruits is the first day of the month or when you first get your paycheck. That's when you set aside what you'd like to give to the Lord and then he will bless you from there. So that's my encouragement for this morning. Thanks, guys. Uh, just if I could ask one more question before I let you guys go and then we're going we're gonna to wrap up. So you, you kind of hit on this a little bit towards the end, Ryan, like, that's like to just kind of do normal ministry, normal levels of outreach, but I don't know anyone here who just wants to do, like, business as usual, right? You guys know what I like to say. If we're just going to do the same old thing, let's just go get brunch instead, right? That's a better use of our money, maybe. But what I'm hearing you say is, hey, that's just to start, and you kind of hit on this, but right now, some people might not be aware, like we have one general fund, like both campuses, like all the money goes to the same place for both campuses. So what you're seeing there is like a deficit, like things are covered, like the lights, the power's not getting shut off tomorrow, I wanna be clear about that. Uh, just in case everyone's like, oh my God, 
Um, but here's the point, is Mawa, after doing this for so many years, is in a place to say, hey, we need to make another place happen. We need to have a gospel presence in another community. So now us, what if in a year, two years, we're going, hey, we need to make a gospel presence happen in another community. And then imagine what that looks like then with us and Mawa now helping get a third, a fourth place going, reaching more people in, in those unique contexts wherever they may be with the gospel. That's what these guys are talking about. Like We're not just talking about let's just make sure everything's good and call it a day. We, we, we want to see people's lives changed all across northern New Jersey, southern New York, everywhere we are. Yeah? So, so if I'm hearing you guys right, like you're saying, hey, this is like where we want to start, but like what excites you for like beyond that? I think it's just what you said. Like we're just getting into this. And by the way, if you even take a further step back in our history, it was Cornerstone Church in Wyckoff that planted the plant in Mawa, and they did the same thing. And it was about probably two or three years where they covered us financially. And then after that point, we were, we were sustainable on our own. And then we repeated that with West Milford. And exactly as Andrew said, our vision is to continue this. And this formula in this area, you know, this area is not really built for mega churches. If you haven't noticed, we don't really envision having a church of 1,000 people or 2,000 people. But having local communities, I mean, hundreds, yes. But um, so spreading out throughout our community and having more and more presence and footprint in all these areas that have the needs that Andrew um, mentioned, that, that's our vision. Brian, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I was actually thinking that the battle cry I haven't heard in a while is, you know, we used to say Mawa all the time, we gather to scatter, and that's our, our goal, right? We, we're, we're gathered here on Sundays as a community, but ultimately we're he, out here to scatter, and that's the ultimate vision of this church as well, going to those next communities. And since I've been, you know, helping with the finances only two years ago, you know, I presented the, the overall numbers, you know, when we did the all-church meeting in December. But, you know, if you saw, if you remember, we have almost a million-dollar budget, you know, as a, as a whole. That was only 500K two years ago. Like, God has been providing. The, the, the more of this vision that we see, and, uh, you know, since we got the building, like, God has just been providing. Um, and we, we just know that he's going to be faithful and that he's going to continue to provide as we continue to fulfill this mission. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So these guys are available. If anyone ever has any questions, Ryan being the treasurer, he's here every Sunday uh, since he attends here. But if you guys ever have any detailed questions, our books are literally an open book. Like, we don't hide anything. So ask away. We're, we're happy to, to help you get a sense of, like, what we do and what our thought process is with stuff. And Ryan would be the guy to to do that. But can you guys give these guys a hand for taking their time to do that? Thank you guys so much. So we're going to wrap up here in just a minute. Um, but I said this at the beginning. We spent so long on local missions this morning, right? Because I said this, the light that shines the brightest, or excuse me, the farthest, shines the brightest at home. And we are in a season just locally where we are learning how to let that flame shine bright here locally. But the goal is for it to go way beyond West Milford. Amen? So real quick, let me just talk to you about global missions. You heard a little bit on that video. Um, one of the things that we're going to do in order to be, be reaching people globally, every tribe, every tongue, every culture, every ethnicity around the globe, how are we going to be a part of that that seems overwhelming from here in West Milford, right? Well, one of the things you're going you're, you're to be experiencing and hearing a lot more uh, over the next year uh, and two years 
is uh, we're going to be bringing in some international workers that are home in the United States for a year that we, they do uh, is called home assignment. Uh, we've got a few that are going to be coming in over the next year just to share. This is what's going on in their field is what they call it. Uh, whatever the nation or the country is. Some are going to be coming from closed access countries where we're going to ask everyone, please don't take any pictures or record anything. It's really dangerous. Uh, and some are coming from places like France. So uh, that is a little more open. Uh, but they're going to share about each of these different contexts, what God's doing in these places and how the gospel is going forth. And, and so these are going to be great ways for you to hear how to get involved um, with it, And then within the next two to three years, here's what our goal is. Uh, the vision for us as a church, as a whole church, is that every single campus of the Plant Church will have its own international partnership, its own global field. So because um, we're recording, I'm, I'm just going to be very general. Mala has a location uh, that they partner with, and they go, they send teams every year. Every year they go send teams to that location to provide support, training, empowerment, uh, serve alongside people. Because, again, we're doing mission locally. So it's really easy to translate that to helping our brothers and sisters who are doing missions somewhere else, and we can be involved in that. So we as a church get to figure out where that place is around the globe that we're going to say, this is our partnership in the, around the globe that we serve, that we go to yearly, that we uh, send you know, care packages to, uh, that we write letters to, that we have a missions team that is regularly checking in and praying for that team and reporting back to us like what we can be doing to help them. Uh, this is the future of what global is going to be like. But as we said, the light that shines the farthest and is effective in those places shines the brightest at home. So as we continue to establish ourselves here, we are going to be doing more and more where we are going to the ends of the earth, just like Jesus commanded us to. How does that sound to you? Are you ready for that? This is going to be a crazy ride. Again, remember, the story you are living in is crazy. We are called to bring the family back together from every place around the globe. And that is the wild ride of following Jesus that you guys are on right now. I'm going to invite the band to come back up, uh, and we're going to close. Would you stand with me? I want to show you one thing. You've probably been wondering why I have a bottle of maple syrup on this table the whole time I've been talking. Do you know what this is besides being maple syrup? Huh? It's not Vermont maple syrup. This is West Milford maple syrup. Specifically, it's from these trees right out in front here on our property. A year ago, well, maybe a little over a year ago, I pulled in one day and annoyingly saw someone tapped all these trees without our permission. I, I'm just being honest, I was grumbling. I was like, what do they do? Who are these people? Like someone tapping our trees, gonna take all the syrup? My grandfather used to tap maple trees so I know how it works and people just go anywhere. It's like, whatever, I'm just going. Uh, but then I was down at our Mawa campus last Sunday and we shared a little update about what's happening in West Milford and unbeknownst to me it was someone from the Mawa campus that had tapped the maple trees on both campuses and they said it's finally ready it's the first batch of West Milford the plant West Milford maple syrup now I love pancakes anyone love pancakes Saturday mornings is generally pancake Sunday in our, or pancake Saturday in our house and we pour a ton of maple syrup on it. And it tastes so good, right? But you know how long it takes to make it? A long time. A long time. And what God is doing right now is he is tapping every single one of us, not just individually, but collectively. He is tapping into 
our gifts, the things he created us for. He's tapping into our, our time, our finances, our resources, just everything about us. Because he's like, I am going to make this something that tastes so good, you're not even going to believe this came from you. That's what being on mission together is. And there's going to be a whole, this is first fruits right here, Shane. First fruits. The first of something. But God said there's going to be a whole lot more. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you are a part of it. The flavor that's going to come out of this place to serve the people in this community and people to the ends of the earth is going to be amazing. Are you ready for that? So Jesus, we just ask that just like the maple trees are tapped, we, we, uh, for those who are ready, you can just join me in that prayer. Jesus, you can, you can take from me, I give to you whatever it is you need for me to get that flavor so that everyone can taste and see that the Lord is good. God, I'm giving everything to be on mission for you, locally, globally. God, this is an okay prayer to pray too. God, I don't want it, but I want to want it. If that's your prayer right now, just pray that prayer. Nothing in me wants it, God, but I want to want it. We just ask, Lord, that you would do what only you can do so that the people of West Milford, Warwick, Ringwood, Vernon, wherever people are coming from and around the world would taste your goodness and it would change everything. Let's worship. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.